Hello and welcome to The Song Inside, where we go inside people's stories to discover their songs. I'm your host, Deidre Rodman-Struck, piano goddess and song goddess, and I'll be walking people through this journey to find the songs hidden within themselves. Welcome. <laughs> I just heard like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, welcome to the song inside. I'm having fun already. I feel like I've been day drinking, which I haven't. My cat is going to mute us at any moment. Um, oh, my God. And I'm here with Luciana Souza. Luciana. Hi, friend. Hi. I miss you. I miss you, I miss too. You so much. Your room is so light and airy. We have good lighting in L.A. That's why all the movies <laughs> were made for all those decades. Oh, my God. Know? Are those books or CDs behind you? Uh, CDs and, and wow. just a small fraction of what we brought. We just moved to the small. <gasps> right. Small we had a big, big, big house, and now we, we, we really downsized, which is brilliant because I'm feeling just so much lighter in every way. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a minute, you know, because I've moved so many times and I've collected, you know, poetry books and books and CDs, and so did, you know, Larry, or so does Larry, I should say. And, uh, but coming to a small space feels really good. It feels what was like it like? So your more. son is 10? 13, going on 14. Wait, he's 13? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And what, what about your girls? How old They're are they? 10 and almost 13. So, you know, we're entering the teenage years. And- Why did I think he was 10, though? I, I feel like in my mind, he's always little. Right. You know? And that's, you know, I carry, I'm going to show Deary on the screen. No one can see this, but this is what I carry with me. Oh. It's a photo of him as a baby, baby, because that's how I still I think know. of him. Yeah. Oh. But people still see me. How's the baby? I'm like, you know, you've, you haven't seen him in 10 years. My <laughs> baby was three and he's now 13, you know. Well, so how did, how was it moving with him? How did he react you know we were nomadic for three months it was very hard to find a house we sold very quickly and then couldn't find something so it was um it was an intense summer i think for all of us for for different reasons you know of course we're doing all this during pandemic which is no fun at all and so but you know we are resilient people you know what i tell them all you know we're all jewish here so i always say to them you know jews you know wander the desert for 40 years we could do three months (laughs) right that's a good perspective the glass half full kind of a thing, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I was telling somebody, well, I was talking on a podcast at some point about how I met you and here's my memory. And I'm curious what your memory is. My memory is that I went up to you after a gig that you did at Cornelius Street Cafe and said, I want to play with you. <laughs> and you were so nice. My, my, I think we, I think it was Cornelia, but I don't remember you saying that. I just remember looking at you and getting you and that you got me and that yeah. I knew you were creative and brilliant and, uh, you know, and to see a female, I'm sorry to say, but at that time and still nowadays, when you see someone doing something that's curious and interesting and unfinished, meaning that's open, yeah, you know, for me, that's it. That's, that's yep. my, I'm, I'm immediately smitten and I want to be friends and take you home. So <laughs> same. It was like, and you inspired me. You, I actually wrote a piece you know, we were very close for a while because I was living in New York at the time. And, uh, but I wrote a piece on my record. Um, oh, now I, I shall wait. It's in D flat, I remember. I shall wait as he waits for me. And it's called uh, I Shall Wait. And it's in all my records. I don't even remember which one. But I wrote it thinking of you and Guillermo Klein, who were two very inspiring people. I, I've always loved your sense of harmony, your freedom with harmony. 
I'm much more, <clears throat> excuse me, married to the idea of tonality because I'm I'm a singer and you are a singer, instrumentalist, instrumentalist, singer. Composer, I would, but also though you're Brazilian, so I feel like you're also very in tune with percussion and rhythm. Right, but my but your idea of harmony was something that I always like. You could just go from here to there and there, like you <laughs> modulate and just direct go from here to there. And I was like, oh my god, how do you, the freedom to do that is something that I always. always but you love. know what's funny? Like one of so I had heard your songs for Elizabeth Bishop, and that record was one of the one of the things that I heard it and I I said I I need to find I need to find this person. Oh. I need to find this person. I want to play um, the opening track from that because that song in particular was one that I just really related to. So let's just listen to that. It's pretty short. Okay. I'm in need of music that would flow. Over my fretful feeling fingertips Over my bitter tainted trembling lips With melody deep, clear and liquid slow Oh, for the healing sway Some song sung to rest the tired dead A song to fall like water on my head And over quivering limbs Dream flush to glow There's a magic made by melody A spell of rest and quiet breath And cool heart that sings Floats forever in a moon green pool, held in the arms of rhythm endlessly. See, it's so beautiful. Those those harmonies. Oh my God, I'm I'm tearing. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I haven't no. heard this in I don't even know like twenty years. Yeah, I it's, don't even know. It's another person. <laughs> so what are you what are you thinking and feeling right now hearing that? I think it's just beautiful. Really, just so sweet and um, open. I I'm hearing the melody and the, the harmony, the bass line, and how. I was moving in whole steps and then half steps and there's this, you know, just where I was at the time harmonically and just beautiful. It is beautiful. It's, it feels youthful and hopeful to me. I love the gestural um, mm -hmm. melodic things too, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, poetry has been, as you know, um, just a love and, and a connection, such a deep connection for me with my mother, I think, you know, so then mm. that, that comes up too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you were one of the first people who I had heard put poetry to music and also the your use of triads in that, how it's <laughs> simple. It doesn't sound simple bad. It's simple good. 
Oh, I, I, yeah, I don't know if it's good, but, you know, lately I've been uh, really into, I've, I've always been, not always, but uh, in the last maybe 15, 20 years, especially since being with Larry, he's a big fan of Randy Newman, you know? Yeah. And, and that to me is like the supreme god of triadic, you know, yes. and triadic, I mean, just, and modulations, but you're kind of up there too. <laughs> <laughs> I went and heard Randy Newman years ago at Carnegie Hall, oh. and I remember being really mad afterwards that I that I didn't know. It's like, why didn't anyone tell me? You know, I just kind of went, I think because Ben had wanted to go and it was his birthday. And I remember like sitting on the stairs outside just going, what just happened? This was amazing. I know, I know. He, 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 yeah, he's right up there. But yeah, triads are everything. And, and then, you know, like, I don't know if you had this in your life, but I, when I was in school, I mean, my thing was, chords with sevens, nines, eleven. Of course, know, the like more complicated, the better. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So complexity was everything. And I think from that moment, from Bishop forward, because poetry did that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, it wanted me to sort of distill everything and get get to the, the, the core of things. Mm-hmm. And then triads are it. And you can still sing the, all the chord, the extra tensions and extensions right. that you, you know, without putting them exactly in the chord and letting that be just more open and more like a shell as opposed to a real bed. You know, oh, I like that. Yes. I also love that. So I want to play a song in a minute that you recorded for me. Oh, Francois just texted and said, yes, now. Should we say, should we allow people to, to, Let, to know? Let's just, yeah, Francois is the our um, lovely friend and producer at Sunnyside Records, our label. and <laughs> It's his birthday. So, so do you want to call him now? Or yeah, let, let me call him. Okay, you call him. But how do I, and then, let me just, I guess, call him, and then you can hear him because it'll be through the, okay. the through the Bluetooth. Okay, great. Okay. Oh, are we singing? Are we singing? Oh, yeah, we should sing. We should absolutely sing. Hang, okay, give us a key. I don't know. Happy birthday. Is that too low? No. Oh, we'll go home. No. Oh, I can't even okay, here we go. Happy, happy. Ha- wait, what is happy? Yeah. Happy hello. birthday to hello, hello, hello. Can you not hear us? Can you not hear us, Francois? Yes. yes. Happy birthday to you. Happy She's recording on my podcast. Francois did an episode of my podcast with me. I know that. I know. And that. I didn't know it was your birthday, but she told me. So, haha. Francois, je t'aime. Je t'adore. Can you not hear you? Okay. Can you hear her? Oh, that's Luciana. That's Luciana. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> she said. How do you manage that? Because I'm, that's, I'm texting. That's the secret of technology. Yes. She says she loves you. She loves you. you. I love you. I, I adore I you. I love you. I love Luciana. I love you too. Uh, Jesus. This is great. Well, have a drink, for my have birthday, a drink for us today. I, 
I, I will. And okay. the great thing is that it's 55 outside and sunny. Woo. What are you going to do today? What, what I'm going to do? Yeah. I don't know yet. Probably, <laughs> I think uh, I will take maybe Christian to a restaurant or, or maybe I cook myself. Very nice. Hey, are we going to have, I keep telling friends why we have to have a sunny side party. Yes, yes. Yeah, we are going to have that. That Christine insists that I will organize, uh, that we will organize one. So we'll do it. Tell, and me, Luciana, tell me ahead of time. I'm coming. I'm coming out. Ab- absolutely. Or maybe we'll combine with one of your uh, gigs in uh, where at MIT or something like that. Okay. Right. Why don't we make her get a gig in our town? I have a gig that's, in October. October. Um, okay. At, at that, uh, that, Columbia, that, that, Columbia University. That's great. So we'll do that. Okay. okay. Let's do it. It's Let's a date. Send me, okay. send, send me the date. Luciana's already found the, the place. Oh, great. Okay. To do it. Okay. 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 We love you. Happy birthday. You. How I do you say you. happy birthday in French? Joyeux anniversaire. Joyeux anniversaire. Okay, that's enough of that, I guess. Bye. Love you. Love you. Love you, guys. Bye. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> the delay is terrible here. I'm oh, like, no. Like three minutes later, so. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but it's, it's okay. so good to. He has been such. A godson in my he life. Took us, he took us to he took us to New Orleans. Do you remember that? I do. I do remember for Ryko Disc convention <laughs> for distribution. Can you imagine the days when they had recording like record company distribution yeah. fairs? Yeah. <sighs> you know, in the in the in his office, he still has a poster of you, and then a poster of me right there. Yeah. Yeah. He loves he means us. It when he, say, he means it when he says, when he loves us. I know that for a fact. I think you and myself and, and, and Guillermo were at a time in his life also where everything made sense and it had meaning. Yeah. I'm not saying that it doesn't now. I'm just saying that there was a certain energy in New York and it was very tribal and, and we were a little, you know, a little unit, all of us. Yeah. You know, it was a really a special respect, time. Very, a lot of respect for each mm-hmm. other. And, and encouragement. I never felt my time in New York, you know, when people talk about being cutthroat and competitive, I felt deeply inspired. I felt like I, you mm-hmm. know, and it was just, it was brilliant, you know, it was brilliant. It isn't yeah. that anymore, I hear from people, but it, it's a different thing. It's, it's a different good. thing now, but it was interesting today. I took a really long walk and I was listening to a couple of your albums and then listening to the song you did on my album <clears throat> and yes. just thinking back to to that time when we were, you know, the the city then was a little bit grungier. Yes. Um, but just the the music that was happening all over the place, people were really supportive, and just that's the small little venues like Cornelia Street or yeah. all, all the was, other places we would hear each Cornelia other. Cornelia for me, Cornelia was fundamental for me, and I think for you too. But yeah. just you know, being able to to get, I don't even know how many people fit in that room thirty. Not very many. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 30. But it was, you know, so it was an easy sellout in a way. Yeah. And even if you had 16 people, it was half the room. Yeah. And that was great because you could get, you know, a couple of handfuls of people, you know, to yeah. come in and, 
and support you. Some some of the people who were eating upstairs would come down. Yeah, and, and I don't remember them ever bothering anyone about it was 10 people, it wasn't 30 or any of that exactly, business, exactly. you know. And everybody just went in for the music and Schuller, Schuller was there and Chris Cheek. I mean, everybody yeah. played, everybody who was, and these were massive musicians, yeah. you know. And uh, yeah. But it didn't late. matter. It's like, you know, the, the, the age gaps didn't matter. People just hung out oh. with everyone. I feel like I, I'm making it sound very utopian, but I mean, nostalgia's like that anyway, <laughs> you know. But I think it, it is in people's lives. I think, you know, I heard my parents talk that way about their lives, right? Oh, there yeah. was a time in Sao Paulo and I would walk from, you know, place to place holding my guitar and sit in with people. Mm. We had that. We would go from place to place, maybe yeah. not sit in with everybody, but listen. And I think in everybody's lives, I mean, maybe the people now who are in their 20s are going through that, you know? They must and, be in their uh, own way. Yeah. I but, wouldn't but, know but, where you know, that we is. We didn't have phones and we still showed up for things. Right. right. How did we do we that? We were so hip. <laughs> right. We were so hip and so cool about everything. And we didn't, we didn't have a way to say, I'll be there in five minutes. It was just, yeah. you know, if you're lucky, you had an answering machine and you would leave a message on the answer. Then you had to call the answering machine to find right. out. Right. And I would come to your house and you lived, I, I was in Parksville, Brooklyn, and you were way on the Upper West Side. And like, yeah. we would manage. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. A different time. A different uh, well, time. speaking of nostalgia, I, I want to play you this song. This was on my album, Simple Stories, which I feel like I'm not a very prolific person. Like, I haven't recorded a ton of albums, but I think this album is my favorite. It's my favorite. Albert. <laughs> album. It is my favorite. So in this song, there's one thing that you inspired me to do from the last song, which is you did this one thing. It was... It's it's a common thing, kind of, but I hadn't really done it much in my writing where you change the chord on beat four. Uh-huh. So I do that in this song. And then also I was going to have you, I think, in the studio sing the harmonies, and you said you should sing the harmonies. Oh, I did that. Okay. And to that point, I hadn't sung at all. I'd sang in high school. Then I went to jazz school, and I didn't sing, and I didn't think I was very good. And the beautiful thing about Francois is that he gives complete artistic license. So he would—he just said, I made it one album. He put it out. It was all instrumental. For this album, I said, I want to do a couple of songs with vocals. And you know, there was a moment, because I think he has feelings about certain vocal things. Right. But I said, Luciana. <laughs> and I said, I might want to sing on one of them. But he's, he's, he was so cool. He said, he basically didn't even want to hear it. He was like, la, 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 la. I'll be in the studio. You just do you. <laughs> But you get like you that was a really influential moment for me because I didn't believe that I was a singer at all. And you were It's so interesting because to me you would always hum or whenever we were talking or sharing music, I mean mm-hmm. the vague memories that I have from, you know, yeah being, before I was a mother, everything changed after you know oh, blurred, right? What are you talking about? <laughs> but, but the memories, the vague memories that I have and what I can recall is that you were always humming melodies. It's like Maria Schneider and you, you know, you're always, you're singers because you're always singing these melodies. Come on, just fucking sing on your, sorry, sing on your You records. can swear on this, it's okay. <laughs> well, I sing, I still do that around the house too. Like we're always singing here. And when oh. I go into other people's houses, which granted I have not much in the last two years, I'm always surprised that they're not just singing all the time. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm like, well, how do you know where things are in the fridge? Or you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but this song, I had not listened to it also in a really long time until today, and it's about it's about death. Really, it was for my father. Um, you know about about death. 
And you sing it so beautifully. So we're going to do another blast in the past here. So here's a sleeping ground. This song I write for you With flame and forehead bowed By the river that we By the soft and browning ground Many snows have fallen white And hidden walks grown green In all the days since vows were made Beneath the verdant boughs Beside the waters clear and vibrant
while all the rest sleep sound to bring us to our places beside the season ground I can hear this. I mean, if I ever do something with the Metropole, I'm doing this piece with them. You know the Metropole? Yeah, know? of course I know the Metropole. Yeah, with strings, with the whole thing in a choir coming God, at the God, that wouldn't be amazing. Wouldn't that be just incredible? You know what's so... Can we solicit? Can somebody listen to us yes, right now? Yes, Metropole, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> you know what's so... I still have dreams. I still... Listen, that is a masterpiece. Thank you. Harmonically, it's like Aww. a world, right? It just every it's episodic, but it's also I mean the lyrics are unbelievable. Thank you. It's a master <laughs> poem. I mean it's just and the vibe of it is so natural. Tell me who who's playing it. So it was um no Mark Ferber on drums, Bob Bowen who passed away, obviously on, oh my on God. bass, yeah. yeah. Um God, his bass playing is so good. And then I Tony know. Malaby on tenor and Russ Johnson on trumpet. <gasps> so good. Uh, it's you know so it's good. wild too because I also had like I hadn't you know I don't go and listen to all my old stuff and listening to that I feel like I was not as gracious to that young writer as I could have been you know I it didn't I didn't I hear did. it for what it was really thank God I mean but in a way thank God that we're yeah. so <laughs> looking within you know like we're yeah. making things and then there's the next song and the next song and the next I know. song you know? I know. Yeah, and you were so prolific. I hated that too. You're always what? like, I wrote something else, and I wrote something else. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, so funny because I have not that been is, that. Can I just say? Can, let me say it once again. It is. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Everything about it. Oh, is beautiful. The arrangement, so. the horns, 
I mean, my singing fits in. I, I wish I had a stronger voice. I wish I, I could belt it more. I, I'm not a belter. I'll never be. And uh, I wish there was more strength. But I think it's, you know, for the dynamic range that I can put together, I think it, yeah. it's really beautiful. It's really Thank beautiful. you. Uh, it's so interesting to hear our younger selves, too, because there's that. I could, I wish I could have done, been this, yeah. or now we have more yeah. knowledge, and maybe we have more power, but we also probably have more tools to take that power and use it or take it away. Yeah. Um, but it is perfectly of its time. Yeah, exactly. And it's and it is as you said. I mean, it. it I mean, looking back, it's just incredible that that you. I mean, not that you wrote that piece, but it's like it's it's so mature. I mean, that ending, that little loopy ending. <laughs> You know, yeah, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and also listen, that you know, it's got Beatles in it, it's got Stevie Dan in it, it's got okay. in everything. I mean, know? normally so, I don't play my own songs on this podcast, so you're just giving me a big no, but, but listen, no, it's because I'm on it. You play because I'm singing on yeah. it. You wanted to remind me. It's been. A, I haven't listened to that, as you can tell, in my music or nobody's music. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I listen to other things. I, I listen to a lot of instrumental music. I listen to a lot of. If I'm listening to jazz, mm-hmm. I'm listening to. I'm still listening to, to I'm listening to Wayne and, and Miles. I mean, yeah. somehow that's that's where I go. You know? Yeah. So, how do you think your music changed and your singing and your writing and all that changed when you moved to? How long has it been since you moved to LA? So long. Uh, I think. Uh, when was it? 15, 15, 15, 15 years. years now. Yeah. How do you think you changed and your music changed? Well, I think everything changed in my life because I had a child. And I don't want to make this sound like I had a child. Millions of people do it every day. No big deal. You know what I mean? But it changes one's life, especially a woman's life. It's changed forever because you're never yourself anymore. You're, you're attached to these beings and, um, or being, in my case, one. And um, I also married somebody who's quite busy and involved in his own life and music. And so that meant that now I was a partner with someone who who had a big life and I had to support that life. And he was, of course, supporting me and still is. But, but um, you know, I moved to L.A. to his territory in a way. So I yeah. left my home and my second home, which was New York after Brazil. Um, so everything changed. And my music changed because it reflected that. I mean, I, I, since moving to L.A., I've made a bunch of records. Some have been... Um, they, they all have, they're, they're all close to me, and, but they've been different, one from, from the other, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, they tell stories, I think, of all these these phases and episodes that have been, have been happening to me. But I think motherhood is, is the one thing that doesn't show up in my music in the sense that I don't write songs for Noah. You know, I, don't, right. I'm, I might have at some point, but I never recorded something for him. But I think, you know, I moved to L.A., my, my father passed away, my mother passed away, and pretty close to one another. And in the space of seven months or six mm. or seven months, they passed, passed away. And I had, so my dad died, I had a child, and my mom died, you know, in the space of eight months or something. Wow. And so these huge life events happened, and I was in this strange town, which is very isolating, geographically isolating. LA is not New York. You don't just take the subway and go. You really have to plan. And, and everybody has a life that's very, at least the people that we know, uh, sort of in their own world. They, have, they make their own village. And so I felt very insular here, very isolated. And it took me a few years. But, of course, motherhood then brought all these great friends because right. you go to mommy and me classes, you go to the park, you go to the beach, and you change. You know, you want the shovel, take it. Oh, I took you. <laughs> no, that's my tr- truck right. or whatever. And then, then you're making friends. And so that changed my music. I think the space here, the sunlight mm-hmm. here, the weather here, you may think it's ridiculous and, you know, a frivolity, but it's – it really influences you and it makes you look out and in, 
You know, I don't also think it's ridiculous. The end of the country. I think yeah. we're at the end of the country. The next thing here from here is Hawaii and then Japan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're like, when you are on the East Coast, Europe is six hours away. Here, from here, it's not, you know. And yeah. Japan, from here, it's still 14 hours. You know, it's like you're so far away. To me, it felt like another planet. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just absorb that. And also, I'm not good on the phone. I'm not somebody who calls people. I don't, I'm not that. So I, I'm, I lost all my friends, I feel, you know, basically. And, and, but I'm still deeply connected, like with you, I, I don't yeah. talk to you for forever, but I know I love you. And I yeah, know you same. Love me. And so, but you know, all that changed and I think it came out of my music. So I, I continue to, to develop and even more so my love of, of poetry. But what I did here that I hadn't done so much in New York is that I wrote my own poetry. <gasps> and that was, that was something changing, like a big, big step for me to really embrace that I can write in English. I should write in English. Why shouldn't I, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and so I gave permission, gave myself permission for that. So the freedom that I found here was that I was no longer being judged by also my peers in New York. I was here and I was, this is a new life, a chance, a chance to restart and re- yeah. redo things. You changed your life completely also after having had children. Oh, completely. Yeah. Completely. I, you know, and then after Clover, my second, Ben got a job where he's away a lot. He totally changed careers. So that he was, was he was flying when I when you guys got together. Well, no, when we when we first got together, he was an assistant sound director for the right. the he circus. Was he was so he was all yeah, in the theater, was, theater, theater. Yeah. Then he got his pilot's license, and then he decided to join the FAA. And so, like right after Clover was born, he was gone for like six weeks at a time. Um, oh and he's gone again now, and it's it's just been really interesting. He's now starting to travel a lot more, and I'm, I I'm always refinding myself when he leaves like who who am I without my kids who am I without my partner who am I you know like who who am I as an artist who am I as a person space yeah yeah Yeah. having having some space yeah Larry's about to leave for a couple of weeks and I was just thinking oh you know as much as I'm gonna miss him because we've been tight for two years like in the same yeah yeah. you know like oh so together uh, I'm really looking forward to also not having to it's another person I'm such a mother in a way yeah you know, even to my husband and a certain, like taking care of things, you know, well, yeah, I think I, it's, I'm going to welcome not having to care for this. That's other the thing. That's him. the thing. It's the space. And like you said, I think being a mother changes in that. Of course, it, we have involved partners who are caring dads, but at the end of the day, we're responsible. It's just the way it is. Like, you know. It's just the I'm way the it is. Primary caregiver, and exactly. I'm the one worried about the schedules, and did he have a dental cleaning? Do I need exactly. to buy shorts? Who's got like, this, you know? Socks? Where are they today? <laughs> like, yeah. And you know, so my writing definitely has changed, and it's I, it's interesting because I haven't really been I haven't written in the style of the thing we just listened to forever uh-huh. for like horns, and I do right. miss it. I just yeah. haven't felt compelled to write in that way for so long because now yeah. I'm writing more. You know, then I was in the biddies, so I wrote that stuff. Right. I wrote. Yeah. Then we're in the itty biddies, writing this kid stuff, and yeah. now I'm now I'm just. I don't know what it is. I want to hear your poetry though. Where can we read some of your? Poetry? Oh no, no, no! I mean, I'm you know when I write a song. I mean, if I write, well, a of song, course, I don't feel like I have to go you know and set yeah. somebody. Although I'm still setting other people's yeah. poetry to music because I fall in love. And then I think they're mine. You know, that's really somebody asked me the other day, why do you set other people po- uh, people's poetry to music? I said, well, because they're masterpieces. And then I take them for myself. And then I feel like yeah. they're mine. I wrote this. You know, I kinda, <laughs> it's a pretty freaky, you know, right. some psychiatrist is going to talk about it at some point. Right. But, um, <laughs> well, tell me I about, just, uh, yeah. tell me about this piece that you, that you suggested for, 
it's so funny. I had somebody recently give me some flack about this question. That's never happened before. Somebody's I'm going to be having on the podcast. I'm like, I don't look at music as darkness to light. And I'm like, well, obviously, it's a huge generalization. It's a stereotype. You can look at it however you want. But but I was appreciative that you were just like, it's this song. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so, because, I mean, there was a, you know. Yeah, so I, I don't even know if it was darkness to light, but just something where there was a... I was looking, well, listen, the, the last four years before, um, before Biden took, uh, took, you know, <laughs> took place in government, became our president, those four years were a real dark period for me. I mean, if, that night when, when Hillary, you know, yeah. or, or oh, when the elections God. were decided and, and, you know, we were all champagne in, in hand, yeah. ready to celebrate. I mean, we were, the three of us, in front of the television in tears, right? Of course, we are later than you guys. We're yeah. three hours later, everything. So we had to wait for the polls here. And and it was shocking to me because for me, it was like, we can't accept, I, I don't accept in my lifetime that we will elect someone like this. And I don't want to go into politics, but the, it was a very dark period for mm-hmm. me politically. And then understanding that he was legitimizing things that to me were abhorrent, like unkindness insulting insulting people mm. misogyny i mean everything you know stealing robbing redlining lying ra- racism lying yeah. and then the, the, the constant perennial i mean constant lying so all those things that i was trying to teach noah you know these are things that we don't do this is immoral this is criminal mm. this is terrible all of a sudden we've elected a person to the highest power in our country and to be a leader and to be inspiring and and coming out of obama for me was just like you took the yeah. air out of me. So when you talked about light, you know, darkness to light, for me writing that piece, it's not like, oh, we transformed you, but it was something. So I'm sitting in the old house in my office room, whatever, you know, the place where I make, make music. Um, I had a piano like I have here. So I have a piano and a bunch of books and the books in this room are here, right? And this yeah. side. And in that space, it was a bigger space. So I had all our books, our poetry books were there, music books. And then these Jewish books, you know, I converted to Judaism, not to marry Larry, but to have a child. I wanted to have a child yeah. that would be raised and, you know, and share yeah. a common thing with Larry. And I had gone to Jewish school when I was in elementary school, you know, kindergarten, all the way, preschool, kindergarten, elementary oh, school, I didn't middle know school, that. to a Jewish school in Brazil. We had scholarships and whatnot. So I had a very foundational experience in Judaism. And so I'm looking at, you know, I'm always looking for ideas when I'm writing. So I'm noodling, whatever, you know, at whatever I'm playing at. And then I look, sometimes I look for, I take a book and I open mm-hmm. okay? just on any page, just yeah. to have, see if something shows up. And at this point, it was the, the spine of a book. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it was called The Duties of the Heart. And it was a book on Judaism. I had never read the book. The book was just there, you know. And so I wrote down on, on a piece of paper, The Duties of the Heart. And then I started, okay, I want to write this. And my next pro- I, I was already thinking project. I want to make a project. And I wanted to do a project with this guitar, Brazilian guitarist named Chico Pinheiro. So I thought, okay, I'm going to make the E string the sort of light that keeps just pinging. Mm. Ping, ping, you know, ping. Sorry, yeah, cool. make it higher. Or here. Yeah. No, sorry. Here. You know, yeah. this thing. And then I started just going. Mm. And I just kept that constant sort of ostinato yeah. thing at the top. And then I went to something that went from dark, minor, so yep. to then something that suspended and then something that's major. Mm. So when you when you spoke to me about lightness to and darkness to light, I was like, oh, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was yeah. thinking about that. And Oof. and I wanted, for me, it was a way to fight back the feeling of, the oppression that I'm still feeling 
from the other side. And I want to say the other side because there is a side here. I mm-hmm. think people are nowadays, I'm sorry to say, but there's like Voldemort side. You know what I mean? Agree. We recently aligned. reread the Harry Potter and in every book I was like, this is relatable. This is so relatable. Dolores Umbridge, all that stuff. Oh, I was just everything, like, right? oh Burning my books God. Yes, and, you know, yes. I mean, all of it. Yes. And uh, so for me, it was it was really my way of going from darkness to light and, and to to fight I mean, I, the world is heavy, Deirdre. The world is so yeah. heavy for all of us. And to raise children that you want to be children of light, children of yeah. kindness, children of playfulness, you know, and it's, it's incredibly difficult, but also um, a great challenge, I find. You know, right. with Noah, who's quite sensitive with my son, we, we really fight to preserve, to, to allow him to be sensitive, to allow him to be, but to also not, not take on the weight of the world. And his yeah. he's, not, he's not alone. There, there are other people out there who want goodness, who want the light, who want, you know. That's, and that's partly why I even started this is because I need constant reminding that yeah. A, that there is light, there are people fighting for the light, and B, those people can be artists and musicians. That's like, like part of it's what we're what we do. You know, I sometimes feel hopeless after that time. I felt so hopeless. Like, Absolutely. what can I do? It's like, I can yes. write a song. I can do that. Yes. Yes. So let's listen to these things. These are the duties of the These are the words we've come to call our gods These are the books we read These are the books we read These are the days of long, long nights These are the tables we set out to feast These are the flags we
Yeah, Lou. I love that. I, I love, love that those too. players. I love those music. So t- tell me who else was on the album. It's just two. Uh, just uh, Scott Colley on oh, bass. Oh, Scott Colley, okay. Old, old friend uh, from California here, but uh, I met him in New York. Yeah. And he's been on several of my records. And Chico Pinheiro, this Brazilian guitarist who was, uh, I met him at Berkeley. He was a student at Berkeley at the time and then went back to Brazil, made a career for him, beautiful career as a writer, beautiful composer. Um, and guitarist, and just me on percussion, so I'm playing drums there. Yes. Playing, I, you know, yes. nowadays I play cymbals and a snare on stage and little <sighs> hand things. I've yeah graduated. I feel like I'm like get away from me. Let me. I'm playing the drums, <laughs> which is absurd. You know, considering you have such great drummers in jazz. Still though, when I first heard you do percussion, I think you were playing at the Jazz Standard, and it just felt like it, it was as natural as breathing to you. It's like what? It, how is she multitasking in this way? <laughs> I think Brazilians have this relationship to rhythm that's really, um, you know, it's born, it's inborn in mm-hmm. people because the language is multisyllabic. I've, I've thought a lot about this, you know, and there's a lot of rhythm in the language. Even my name, Luciana, 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 it's like it's got a thing already. <laughs> yeah, it's not, you know, Deirdre has two syllables, you know, it's like a double. <laughs> so everything is moving and busy and kind of like grid, you know, it's got a grid yeah. to it and, and groove. So I think we're born with that. And then I think Brazilians are in a way also improvisers in a sense that uh, nobody's, no, nobody came to do this. I'll do it. You know, it's like, oh, but you know how to do it? No, not really, but I'll do it. You know? And so we have a name for it, Entrão, which means this guy who just gets in and, you know, a person who just gets in and kind of gets in. I'll do it. Sure. I love that. You know, but you I also like a plane. No, I don't know how to fly a plane, but let's, you know. <laughs> but I also love that, um, I know we have to end soon, so, but I want to say that, all these albums, I really feel this totally intimate connection with you and your your collaborators, because I feel like the you've chosen people that are really simpatico to you, and you don't often, you know, you have a, albums with a lot of space. You have duos or trios yeah. or sections within that are you and a pianist, or you know, you like really let the person's playing and personality shine through. Yeah, that's one thing that I've always loved about jazz, and I'm I. I I love about pop music in certain kinds of pop music. I love too, but I think in jazz that the fact that we value the collective very much mm-hmm. and that experience is beautiful, but also that we value the individual that listening to the individual voice of the bass player, of the drummer, of the saxophone player, of the, you know, everybody gets a chance to speak and to contribute and to compose. I everybody guess. gets a trophy. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I love that. And that collective thing is what draws me to jazz as much as is the freedom but it's because we're together that we get to listen to each other collectively, mm. like reacting in the yeah. moment to everybody. But also now, now here's a space for you to tell your story, to see what you felt about, right. you know, what I just sang. And, and Scott is a great example of that. I mean, he, he leaves a lot of space on his solo and it's so melodic, mm. just, just beautiful. I mean, you can get to hear a tone. Yeah. When do you get to hear the sound of a bass? Like you talked about Bob, yeah. you know, but when do you get to hear the sound of a bass player anymore? You don't. You know? Yeah. Okay, we have some rapid-fire questions for you at the end here, which just really (laughs) went by way too fast. And I also feel like you and I could just start a podcast where all we do is just listen to other people's music and talk about it. Or could we just do that that every week just for fun? Let's do that. Let's do that. Um, Okay, so (coughs) final final questions. Um, A concert you remember that affected you, that you saw? Could be recent, could be old. Oh, my God, a concert. Oh, Something old that I love to talk about always. There's a singer named Jonathan Brooke, mm. songwriter. 
Uh, I saw Jonathan perform once in a square in Boston, some kind of square on the way to downtown. I remember that, maybe Commonwealth Avenue on the way down there. And she was all alone. She didn't have anybody with her on stage. She was playing guitar and singing. And that kind of, you know, I had seen Joni Mitchell and other people do that. But to see a peer, you know, she's around my age, Mm -hmm. maybe a little younger or older, I'm not sure. But to see somebody your age doing that with such independence, she, she, she was confident but not cocky and right. not conceited there was an opening to her mm-hmm. and she was welcoming and she was tuning as she was you know preparing the next thing and her pattern was all integrated that to me was transformative because i was mm. like i want to do that how do i do that right. in jazz you know mm. because oh. not a lot of people do that i mean in jazz you are the crooner and you've got the mic and you hold yeah. the mic and you're like you know i wanted to do that integrated with the music and then i started it changed me because I started scripting more my concerts mm. in a way. And that's when I did Neruda. That's when Neruda came right. to mind. And, and I remember and Francois I did... told me, he's like, go see, you were maybe Joe's Popper somewhere. And he said, go watch her show because she knows how to command the audience. She She's practiced, you, you practiced that stuff, like segues I, and I transitions. Did. And, you know? I actually did. And I don't memorize them, but I kind of go, why am I singing this song after the other? What, mm-hmm. what should I tell the audience? How do I not educate, but lead and guide? Because a lot yeah. of what I sing also is in Portuguese. So there's a feeling of like, it's a black, blah, 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 you know, she's just blabbering <laughs> there, you know. So it's kind of bringing the storytelling yeah. back into it and then allowing the musicians also to have these transitions where they're relaxing, they're letting go of that last thing and going to the next thing and doing that you know, in a smooth, smooth kind of way. And it all became like nowadays, if I do a, sh- if I'm singing a couple of songs, then that's fine. But if I'm doing a whole set that I like to do 90 minutes, right? A yeah. whole thing. If I'm doing 90 minutes, I kind of design it in a way where I know that why I'm moving from here to mm. that. And, and why is there a bass solo here? Yeah. What's the importance of things? Yeah, we could do and a whole show just connected. about that. Yeah. That's a whole connected. art into of itself. Okay. And I don't know, I don't know if I'm successful, but I like to. Uh, yeah, you are very successful. <laughs> I'm going to be very quick on the answers now, I promise. That's okay. I just know, I'm just cognizant of your your time. I'm respectful. I'm trying to be. Okay, anyway, so um, bucket list person you would like to work with? Oh. Could be living well, or I, dead. <laughs> I think I just said, I think I'd like to do yeah. a concert with the Metropole and guests. Oh, yeah. I'd like to do a concert. That's going to happen. We're manifesting it. But not just one. <laughs> it's a series of concerts. has to be four. Okay. Four concerts where I'm doing certain kinds of music and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I would play your song, you know what I mean? I would just do these things where, uh, yeah, so that's my bucket I list. could see that completely happening. And have Vince arrange some things with Mendoza, <sighs> have some other people arrange some things, you know, just kind of bring in yes. my entire tribe, all my yes. friends together and do like a Luciana feast. Yes. Okay, a songwriter or composer or musician you're currently listening to? I think Randy I'm listening to. I'm also listening to a lot of Leonard. Larry made a, it's just making a record that's going to come out, a tribute to Leonard Cohen. So I'm listening to the versions that he's putting together. Just, you know, every once in a while he brings stuff. So I'm listening to Leonard. I'm always thinking about Leonard. Um, and I'm listening to Arvo Part. Mm, interesting. there's something in the works. But I'm yeah. listening to some choral music because oh. I'm interested in that right now. Okay. And finally, a piece of advice you would give a just beginning composer or songwriter. Besides brushing teeth would be... <laughs> Always teeth. a mom. <laughs> Always a mom, exactly. Uh, I would say, I think that the only advice I wish I had given myself earlier on is to, you know, have patience. See, this thing is, if you're committed to music, it's a long, long journey. 
and uh, enjoy enjoy each moment, each phase, each mm. each um, space that you occupy, because it's all a part of this continuum, this living. Uh, I'm going to take that advice today. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy the space I have today, the continuum I'm on today. And I hope everyone out there listening does that too and finds all of Luciana's records because they're all amazing and they're varied and we could have played a hundred songs. Luciana, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you. I'm so glad you persisted. Uh, she persisted and I Nevertheless. Uh, made time. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I love you. I, I love, love you. you. It's I a joy you. to see your face. And kiss as the girls for I me. I will. Okay? And kiss Noah for me. I will. Bye. Bye. And as always, for everyone else, you can find me at thesonginside.me. And until next week, remember there's a song inside everyone, including you.